Hello, everybody. Welcome to Horror Movie Yearbook. I'm Tim. I am Willie. I just realized that, yeah, I didn't test, but we're both recording, so there we go. We're back. We're <laughs> back in person. Um, oh, we are. Yep. I'm over the COVID. Yeah, so just a heads up, I forgot to even, I would, up front, I'll, I'll apologize. We didn't do a Tiny Terror last week, because we just wanted to get through the episode. I was tired. You, yeah, you were getting over COVID? Getting over it, over yeah. it at that point, yep. And yep. I had to get up, I just got back, I was getting on a flight to Hawaii at, at like four hours after we were done recording. Yeah, it was... So I'm just like, let's get this edited. So we got the show out. Um, we did. It, it was a pretty good show content-wise, I don't know. My thoughts. Yeah, it was good. It was, we did it. <laughs> we did our best. We did our best, but did our best. apologies for No Tiny Terror last week. We'll, we'll make it up to you with one. Yes. This week. We will. Um, we'll make it happen. So yeah, um... We are going to get started here in a second. Willie, do you want to tell the good folks where they can send us feedback if they would like? Of course. Uh, you can email us, horrormovieyearbook at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at HMYearbook. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. All those good places. Um, so, yeah. I'd say we, we, you know, email us or tweet at us. Those are your best bets. Okay. I would say. I would say so, too. Yeah. Yeah, those are the ones. The ones I monitor more closely, I suppose. Right. So, Yeah. So, how you been? Are you feeling better? I am feeling better, yes. I've been, like, fully back to normal for a solid, I don't know, week or so, where I'm not... I had that lingering, like, where I was just really tired. Yeah. You know, like, where I, I, I didn't feel sick or anything, and, like, I didn't have a fever, no other symptoms. I just was, like, I would get about three hours into my day, and I'm like, I gotta lay down. Yeah. So that lasted for a few extra days after, and I uh, know back to normal now. Um, everybody's feeling good. Uh, my daughter started school, which is great. Finally, um, how's it going? Good. It's going good. Yeah, good. I haven't heard any sort of uh, negative no feedback. Dust no dust ups. Nothing no, so far. No fisticuffs. No fisticuffs. Um, nothing so far. You know, she's know. just getting the hang of it. I don't know how old kids are when they start rumbling in schools. Oh, I bet there's I bet there's preschoolers that rumble. Yeah, you know what? I I remember when I was in, uh, I think it was kindergarten now. I yeah. got in trouble. I went to a Catholic kindergarten. Okay. I got in trouble because I got in a little bit of a dust up. It um, can happen. I hit a kid with a broom. Yeah, I mean. Sh- talk shit, get hit. Yep. Yep. That's all I Don't start and I won't be none. Um, yeah, I mean, I could see a kid getting kind of mad about, you know, like, I want to play with that train yeah. or that doll and then like. The other kid going, nah, I'm I'm playing with that. I could see some. Oh, and just to clarify, yeah, I probably would have gotten in trouble at a non-Catholic, like a public school. As well. Yes, <laughs> for hitting a kid with a broom. That was, I mean, to be fair, yes, probably it, not- it probably had nothing to do with the school you were going to, and more with the the broom assault. I don't know. I was a rebellious young man. So. I mean, you still are, right? You know, yeah. you're a rebel at heart. <laughs> you're a rebel at heart. Yes. Um, but yes, no, things are back to normal, relatively as normal as normal ever is. Um, so I'm I'm happy about that. Good. Definitely, definitely feeling good about that. Yeah, excellent. Well, let's not waste any more time. Here. Let's not do it. <laughs> let's not waste any more time catching up on how we've been personally. Yeah, on my personal life. <laughs> let's yeah. talk about John Carpenter. <laughs> yeah, now we're talking. Uh, this is no, what people are here for. Yeah, speaking of feedback, we got some feedback mm. from. Well, no, it's not feedback. Um, we have John, uh, fellow, fellow co-host. Yes, he co-hosted. Yes, he, he helped. Uh, he helped us out with. Uh, Couple what was of, that? Army of the Dead, right? Was yeah, the main I one he was so. major one he helped us out on. We'll have John again on sometime in the future with uh 
there's ever another Zack Snyder movie coming up. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Yeah, we'll, we'll Sean's out. always invited for the Zack Snyder yes. <laughs> fiestas. Yes. If there is a Zack Snyder, except for that one that I never watched, the bank robber one that came out, that was like two hours last year. That was year. like kind of like a spinoff of? Yeah. Yeah. I don't is know. he's doing something? Uh, anyway, okay. well, I'll look into it. And uh, John, you can, you can rejoin us. We'll have you. You're our Zack Snyder Netflix specialist. Yes. <laughs> yes. But he um, he's monitoring... Uh, we do Carpenter's Corner here, ah. um, which is a segment where we cover what John Carpenter is up to. Some, just anything. <laughs> it can be not what he's up to now, even. And it's, in this case, it was an older bit, but yes. what he's been up to. John right? has been monitoring the scene, the Carpenter scene. John's been keeping an eye on his fellow John. Yes. And this tweet comes from a John Frankensteiner, which is a great name. Fantastic. Yes. Who yeah. tweeted out a video, an older video of John at what I believe is a convention. Some sort of con, yeah. Yeah, and it says, only so many variations of John Carpenter is the king one can post, but John Carpenter is the king. And it's a quick five-second video of someone saying, Escape from New York was great. What the hell happened with Escape from L.A.? And Carpenter, he does the old man, like, flip off, too, where he he doesn't, yeah, he gives the finger, and he also does the that hand motion where you put your arm yeah. in between the, uh, in between the uh, whatever you call it, the elbow here, yes. <laughs> the inside of the elbow, and he does the flip off there. Like, it's a full-on. It's a forceful. It's like a full-on. He flips the guy off, and he goes, fuck you. <laughs> and he meant it. He, uh, he is, like, the crowd kind of, like, laughs or like kind of woos, but you could tell in his face he's he was pissed, very irritated yeah. by this question. He was annoyed. All right, so I wanted to talk about you. Talk to this. Talk to you about this because John yeah. has a bit of a reputation. Sure, there are a couple of people who have rec- reputations for being cranky, curmudgeonly, perhaps. Savini's the other one I think of when in the horror realm. Yeah, sure. Yep. Um, but like when I watch a video like this, I'm kind of like. I I don't blame John for being no. a little irritated with this no, joker. No, I don't. The, this guy had to be put in his place. First of all, Escape from LA rules. Uh, let's start there. Um, would I have always said that? No, I could see myself being a play. I, there was certainly a time in my life when I didn't love Escape from LA. You know, uh, maybe I was looking for something that was, you know, closer to Escape from New York in terms of like the tone and the. Maybe I wanted a sequel that felt more like. I wanted, I wanted Escape from New York, but with a bigger budget. Right. That's not what Escape from L.A. is. Escape, Escape from L.A. is like a straight-up, goofy, campy parody of L.A. <laughs> much like um, New York is very representative of what New York was uh, perceived to be at that time as well. So it really is it's genius. Um, I mean, it is a ridiculous film, um, but it is so fun. Yeah. Um, and it's a perfect like skewering of that that entire LA culture and that, I don't know. It just, it's, it works. No, you're, you, yeah, like you said, one's a New York movie, one's an LA movie. And they're very much those things. <laughs> yes. The tone, the look, the, the whole, the whole thing, the, the whole basketball package. scene, surfing with Peter Fonda. Absolutely. Yes. This is all stuff that feels very New York and or LA. So no, I, I've, I have grown to appreciate escape from LA. I'm certainly the proud owner of the Blu-ray. I will not ever be sad about owning that. Um, so I can understand, you know, somebody who maybe didn't like it. I get that. I understand that. Um, but you know, don't be a dick. Like, what, like you, you had a chance to ask John Carpenter a question. Yeah. You were so like, you went to a convention. You paid money to get into the convention. You uh, presumably sta- set, stood in line for the John Carpenter Q and A, and I'd imagine that line was sizable. Yes. And a, a, a long wait. And you were one of the few people in that hall that was chosen to be able to speak one-on-one with John Carpenter. 
And instead of asking him any question about any subject, you instead get snarky about Escape from L.A. I think there's this is a, a thing. So we've talked about this before in the past. We don't we kind of cringe at actors or directors slamming their own work. Um, yeah, it can be the Ryan yeah. Reynolds uh, Green Lantern jokes. It gets I, to be too much. I've cringed at those because uh-huh. it is kind of like, okay, then why'd you make it? Like, what, what happened? I I believe that most of the time nobody sets out to make a bad movie. No, it, things just happen. No, and I also I'm with you. I don't think Escape from L.A. is a bad movie. I don't think so. No, but if John Carpenter wanted to say it's a piece of shit, he has the right to do that. That's sure. his movie. Sure. Um. I don't like it necessarily, um, but he has the right to do that. As a fan, I don't think you have the right to insult someone's work like that. Like he worked hard, at, like a lot of people worked hard on yeah. that movie. I don't blame him for being <laughs> yeah. this. I mean, it just people, you know. <laughs> luckily, a lot of it's been relegated to the internet, which I can avoid if I need to. Um, but like, a lot of people just spend so much energy hating on things that they don't enjoy instead of like celebrating the things they love. It makes no sense to me. Right. I don't. And, and I, I, I will say this. I, I pride myself on, on the fact that you and I on this show have always been, we've never been one to tear things apart. Right. Uh, it's rare that we rant about something we didn't like. It's very rare. Um, I can't even think of a specific exam- example. Maybe somebody can remind us, but like, I don't, I think there, it is a waste of energy, just an absolute waste of energy. Um, and there, have, there have been movies in the past that we haven't liked that we've done, or that we think are not very good, and we have gone out of our way to try to find something interesting to talk about. Because I think that that's like if you're if you're sitting down and watching a movie, ninety minutes, two hours. If you're going to watch the the new Black Panther, almost three hours. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're spending time, you're spending a, probably your money and absolutely your time, both of which are important and, and time certainly is, is precious. You're doing this and if the only thing you can walk away with is a bunch of negative bile that you just spew, then what are we doing? Right. I mean, I just, I guess I just, for me, like... Even if, yes, I walk away from a 90-minute movie or a two-hour movie going, yeah, not for me, I want to at least like walk away with something to think about or talk about. There's got to be an aspect of something there that at least could inspire a fun conversation. Mm-hmm. And I've, always, I, like, I, I've, I've tried to be that way as much as possible throughout my adult life, you know, my my teen years and stuff, I certainly, in my early 20s, I was probably a little snarky about things, but yeah. just life's too short, man. <laughs> life's so, too short. I, and I try to think about what I like to like listen to or watch, and I do not, I personally, and I'm sure there are plenty of people that do, I don't like watching or listening to people tear something down for like an hour and a half, like to the, no. the, just hate on a movie. I prefer people to listen to people talk about stuff they enjoy and stuff they love. I always have, yeah. And if you're going to talk about something you didn't enjoy or you didn't like because you're reviewing it for for some purpose, that's fine. I mean, we did that plenty oh, yeah. when we were on Film Nerds. I mean, there were, there were countless movies that we saw for Film Nerds that I wasn't into and I didn't enjoy. But um, And I'm sure I had negative things to say about those movies. But, you know, I think if if it's okay to try and find 
any aspect of a movie to latch onto and talk about that and, and, and try and keep it positive. You can say, I don't like a movie, but still say that, man, that performance is really cool. Right. Like, um, you know, and it's funny cause sometimes like I, I, I wouldn't want to go back and listen to myself 10 years ago. Like, my own opinions 10 years ago. I wonder if it, how different it would be. Like I would hope I wasn't super negative about things, but I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Right. I don't know. Your priorities shift in life. I mean, you just don't, I don't got time for it. Now I just watched love Island on Peacock. <laughs> I've seen commercials for love. Island. That's a, you, that's a Brit show. That has well, been, this is, yeah, this is the U S version I've been watching. US version. Yeah. Yes. This it's, is, it's, I've seen this pops up every time I, I log in. Every once in a while, I really need something, mindless and trashy right. i need i need it yeah i need to scratch that itch it's it's not super often but every once in a while i, I just i really right now that's scratching the itch who's uh who you got who, who you like on that show i don't know any of their names um that's the, way, that's the best way to Dolph watch Ziggler was on though okay was he is he a, like a contestant no sadly what no. was he doing he was like hosting a challenge where they had oh, to like okay wrestle balloons or something <laughs> i don't know this is why I love it. I don't. What's your favorite like trashy reality show like that of all time? Is it Rock of Love? Flavor yeah, of Love? Yeah, you know I was into VH1 at that point. The VH1, in time. The, those two especially are the ones that stick out in my head. Those are my two favorites. Rock it, of Love, Flavor of Love, I Love New York was another one, right? Yeah, it was good. <laughs> I mean, these those are all that's all good stuff. You know, it, would I go back and watch it now? Absolutely not. But that that definitely started my my weird kind of uh side quest of i had a buddy who you know um who went back and rewatched rock of love like uh i believe during the pandemic it was one of his pandemic comfort food shows i i started watching it again too so i guess i'm a liar because i did start watching it again interestingly enough i think it's at the time it was on amazon prime i don't know if it still is but it's uncensored yeah oh i can say it's davis davis okay yeah (laughs) you know davis (laughs) but like they're like swearing and there's like boobs in rock of love and i was like this is crazy it's well, wild. I mean, the, the DVD versions of Rock of Love, I believe, were uncut. So, because that was part of the selling point. I okay, um, I didn't, I didn't realize any of that. So I that makes think, sense. Yeah, and so I would assume they just put those versions up. That on makes sense. Amazon. But I would watch things like uh, even stuff like Viva La Bam, different vibe, but yeah. like still kind of like kind of a trashy, trashy dumb. You know, yeah, I like that stuff. Yeah, for sure. I have a soft spot for that that stuff. I don't want to eat up too much of my time watching that because there's so much good stuff to watch. But here's my thing with all the good stuff to watch sometimes. It feels like fucking homework to me. <laughs> it does. No, it does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And I and I don't I just I don't I, there are so many shows, movies, uh video games, all this stuff that gets so hyped and I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's wonderful for the people that are doing it. Right. For me, I just, like I at a certain point I feel like I'm I have to I'm doing homework. Yeah. Just so I can stay in the loop on this stuff. I just don't want to do that anymore. I have I, no desire to do it anymore. This is part of the reason this has always been part of the reason why I do like why I watch sports is yeah. because it gives me like a two hour window to I wouldn't say shut my brain off because I'm thinking about different things, but it gives me like I'm not sitting there and like wondering what comes next in the plot or like wondering what happened with this person earlier in the in the show. Like yeah. I'm sitting there and I'm losing myself yeah. and mentally just an and emotionally. And yeah, just a, and, yeah. And that's why I watch wrestling. Exactly. And really, when it comes down, like I, the athleticism and all that, yeah, yeah, all that stuff, like it's great, it's fun. But really, it's just a great way to kind of lose myself for a couple hours, right? You know, and just 
enjoy the ride, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah. You don't I have don't. to watch prestige TV all the time. That's the lesson. Or no. prestige movies all the time. If there's one thing you can take, take from our break. podcast, it's this. <laughs> What's that? Take a break from that stuff yeah. every once in a while. Yeah. Watch some Love Island. It's it's going to be good for you. Watch or, some 90 Day Fiance. Or watch this coming up November 3rd yeah. on Shout Factory TV, Toku Shoutsu, Scream Factory TV, and Shout Cult. I think if you go on the Shout Factory website, they have channels. They have, have channels. I think it's the same. I think they have these on some of them on Pluto TV. I know Shout and Scream Factory have channels on Pluto TV. And I would assume they're showing this John Carpenter marathon. What it is, is it's a Scream Factory has recruited John Carpenter for a special Godzilla monster marathon that he is hosting. John's a big fan of Godzilla. Yes. Big fan. Yes. As he, am um, I, so. Before he, before um, a Dark Star, right, is his student film or his USC, the yep. one he made in USC. Before that, he made a bunch of student films and one of them was like Gorgo versus, is it Gorgo or is it Gorgon? I can't remember. I can't remember. <laughs> Versus Godzilla. It was a it was an amateur film. He made a bunch of amateur films. One of them was a Godzilla movie that he made as a young man. They've never seen the light of day. They're kind of they're kind of this like hidden thing that he'll never release. They've kind of achieved kind of cult legendary. It'll status. pop up one day. Yeah. If it was gonna pop up here, uh, I would be advertising it if I were a screen actor to get people. But I think it's probably free. These are twenty four seven streaming things what they're doing so he's gonna be hosting these um he's got four godzilla movies i'm gonna i'm gonna give he's them to four. you okay okay yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna see how you i've seen the list so i'm excited uh he's doing the original japanese godzilla yeah i mean that's the best the best he has a rodan after that rodan cool movie very horror oriented okay. a lot like the that first godzilla where it's not it's not um it's much more horror oriented so that, that's a good fit. Uh, I see what he's doing here too. I'll go. I'll tell you what he's doing here because maybe you might be able to guess what he's why he's picked these. Uh, Ghidorah the Three Headed Monster. Ah, uh, great, great choice. Yeah, great movie. And then the um, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah, no, it's it's great. It's good stuff. Last one is the War of the Gargantuas. Oh, that's an interesting pick too. Um, that one is actually. It's not technically a Godzilla movie. It's a Toho movie. I think it's Frankenstein. I think like Dr. Oh, Frankenstein yeah, makes yeah. giant monsters or something and they fight each other. If I remember correctly, it's been a while. That one I'm not, I'm kind of foggy on War of the Gargantuas. I've seen it, but. So what it says here is he sits down to present his four favorite monster films directed by Ishiro Honda. Oh, sweet. So all of these would be directed Excellent. by yeah, Honda. Honda. Yeah, uh, legend in that in that realm for sure. Um. Yeah, I I like this. I it's not the movies I would have expected necessarily. I hope it's successful, so he does another batch. I'd love to see John do. I would love to listen to John do a commentary on Godzilla versus the Smog Monster slash Godzilla versus Hidora. Right, because it's this weird, trippy, like acid-filled seventies uh, Godzilla movie, and I think John would have a great time with that. So, here's hoping. So I think that's it. They did, um, as far as Carpenter goes, they he released a track from Halloween Ends. Um, okay. It's pretty in line with the rest of his yeah. work in this trilogy. Did you listen to it or no? I have not, but I, but it I, just I, I kind of yeah. Yeah. know what to expect from Yeah, I'm And that's hope, not a complaint. I am kind of hoping, since it's the last one, maybe, whatever. I'm hoping maybe there are some, he gets a little weirder on some of them. I will say, I remember being really excited by... Uh, the Halloween twenty eight is it twenty eighteen yeah yeah twenty eighteen soundtrack 
I mean, there was some really cool familiar motifs and themes and stuff in there, but like he did some stuff in that with that score that I was like, whoa! I like in the theater, I was like, what is that? That Shea Punt's Allison track is the it's one that good. always. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Um, and that was lacking a bit in Kills for me. Okay. It Kills was the score was great. It just felt a little bit more. He's just doing a Halloween score, and that's fine. That's what he's. That's the assignment, right? Yep. Hoping he gets a little bit more. Tries some different themes and goes a little out there with this one. I'm, I'm in the same. The, what's been the one that was released? I thought, and I only had a chance to listen to it once. Yeah. A little slower. I thought it was very in line with the other two. Yeah, so. and that's fine. Yeah, it's okay to have some continuity there. And 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 I haven't listened to his Firestarter score completely yet. Oh um, yeah, but uh, the track I heard was was quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess the guys, the guys that musically he he might i mean he might be more talented as a musician than he was as a director which is insane to me to say that right cuz like he's like one of if not my favorite directors of all time but he's like just as good it's nuts it, it's insane i love it i hope that we get a lot more carpenter scores uh in the near future i really hope it continues firestarter made me excited because it was something. It's something new. Yeah, something you know, outside of Halloween. That. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we've talked about John Carpenter. Let's talk about one of our other favorite things, Friday the 13th. <laughs> yes. Our favorite, our shared favorite franchise, yes. right? All right. Yeah. So this started about a month ago. Actually- the, Can I just say the fact that there's stuff to talk about is exciting. Yeah. And so I'm going to go through here and then I'm going to ask- should we be excited? But um, yeah, so sure. this started prob- actually probably more than a month ago when the lawsuit was settled or whatever. It ended, um, essentially. Victor it- Miller won. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a lawyer. I will defer, defer to one Mr. Larry Cerner, yeah. who is always on there on best Twitter. Best of the best. Uh, Shelly. Um, but I will say, yeah, I, I don't know the ins and outs. I'm just yeah. happy it's over. I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's I'm happy it's over because that's one step closer to like like... Getting something, hopefully, I would hope. So shortly after that, not too long ago, uh, this was in August, a producer um, went on the, uh, was it the Boo Crew podcast, which I believe is a bloody disgusting mm. podcast. Uh, I'm sure they're great. Don't listen to them. Listen to us. Or <laughs> don't, don't listen we were to too them. lazy to submit ourselves to the bloody <laughs> disgusting podcast call. Oh, you know what? We did we ever do that? Did we do that? I don't think we did. I don't think we did. Yeah. <laughs> so- so good for them. You know what though? I this just hit me. We have ins now with how we're going to review. We have strategies. You can talk to uh, Carpenter about Godzilla movies. Yes, and I can talk about basketball, and we're we'll good. we'll surround him with these. Yes. Um, but wasn't anyway. there a Godzilla versus Charles Barkley comic book? Uh, um, yes, if there was a commercial too. Um, it, it started out as a Nike commercial. That's how we get it. We, yep. That's how we started. Yeah, John, you ever see that commercial? <laughs> so there was a producer. Um, his name is Kate. He was on the Buku pro- uh, Boo okay. Crew podcast. He was, he was a guest. He was a guest on the podcast. And he essentially said that there would be some news coming regarding the franchise at the end of this year or towards the before the end of the year, I think is so how he, he said put it. So he said some news. Yes. <clears throat> okay. And he, I can't remember. I believe he. I don't even want to say who he works for. I Whatever, yeah. Whatever. He's a producer. He's actually like he's, he's like somebody a, who should know. He's somebody who would know, and okay. there have been rumblings. Blah blah blah. All right. So anyway, so that's where it started. Then it went into New Line around Labor Day. Um, they posted like a on Instagram. They posted um, kind of a like a cryptic tease about something like like 
Jason's calling or something like that. It was some silly like Jason's calling. We got a message from Jason or something. Should we answer it or something goofy like that? And I don't think there was ever any follow up on that, which was. I think it got deleted. Yeah, and New Line. Yeah, I think it got deleted. Uh, And New Line. My guess here. What is your? What do you think this was? My guess is that it was somebody like some young social media manager knew that they had the rights at some point to Jason and thought it would just be kind of funny. To put something out, it's either, it's either that which is very likely, or it is somebody at New Line savvy enough to know that the, the the conversations are happening, and thought, let's throw something out there real quick and just see if we can create some buzz. Right. And then either they took it down because it became, oh my god, new movies coming right now, or or and they got nervous and said, eh, maybe we should back off. Or they took it down because they they thought that would increase hype. Because it's like, wait, why they delete it? You know what? It so. could be like, or maybe like a test of waters. There's thing. a lot of people who are very are much more savvy than myself when it comes to social media who are working at these these companies now, mm-hmm. who can find ways to increase hype for potential projects or gauge gauge interest through doing kind of these interesting little social media experiments does that make sense yeah you know and i think there's a chance of that i do i don't think it's some like augmented reality like or like some sort of like you know if it was something that they were trying to do as like a promotional thing it would have continued at this point right i just i do think that there's a chance that it was some sort of let's just see if we can create some buzz right to get that friday the 13th name in the in the ether again to get it out there and get people talking and I do wonder because it's, it sounds like they just settled some more of this like a couple of days ago, right? Okay. As far as like attorney fees go, too. Sure. So I do wonder how like maybe some of this is because I'll get to the next part here, mm-hmm. which leads me to believe that some of this is still caught up in some sort of litigation as far as who does what moving forward or who could promote what moving forward or who would be making this moving it forward. It is. So yeah. currently, as it stands, my understanding is that Victor Miller owns the rights to the screenplay for the first Friday the 13th. So he 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 controls Mrs. Voorhees, uh, little Jason who drowned in the lake. What Horror Inc. slash Sean Cunningham control is the Jason Voorhees adult killer that wears a hockey mask, right. that iconic kind of symbol. But I don't believe they have anything else. That's it. So with the exception of European rights, uh, which I believe... Cunningham has all of. So he could Cunningham could make a Friday the 13th movie but could only be released overseas, <laughs> which is never going to happen. Right. Or he can work with Victor Miller and they can do something. Or he could make a, a, a Jason movie uh, that has nothing to do with maybe a complete it'd be like Jason in name only basically. Okay. So I don't know. I they got to work together. Whatever. Roy Lee is the producer that I talked yes, about earlier. Roy Lee. Yes, yeah, yeah. he did uh, the Ring, Blair Witch, and the Poltergeist and It remakes is what he's known uh, as a producer on, and he's been attached to the he's been attached to this since 2018. Is that the time that was after the um, the script that floated around? I'm blanking on his name. Was that and, uh, Nick Antosca? That was post. Okay, Nick this, Antosca. It, this he would have been attached to the Le- LeBron James rumors, right? 
And Tosca per- or Roy Lee? Roy Lee. Roy Lee would have been, yeah, yes. the, the LeBron stuff. The Le- when LeBron and his production company had Correct. looked into getting the rights for this. Because right. I think he's affiliated. I think LeBron is affiliated with Warner's, HBO, all that. He is he? Sh- okay. He has shows on there um, as well. So his production company has okay. some stuff on there. So um, then this one, this is what tipped me off on maybe there was some legal stuff. Sean Cunningham um, on his cameo. Like yes, he has a cameo. Right, right, right. It said in his bio that he was a producer from Friday the Thirteenth, and he said a new fr- and it said Thirteenth entry in the franchise coming next year, which <laughs> so is weird. That so that felt weirdly specific too, yeah. like to the point where I thought, oh, that that and the producer Roy Lee were, are the two that I stick to. Like those are the things that are getting my hopes up right now. Mm-hmm. Is because Cunningham. Like I said, it's it's weirdly specific to say something is coming out next year. My hope and yeah. my well, my here's my fear. My fear is that Cunningham's going to try and make a Friday the Thirteenth movie using what he has access to. Yeah. Um. Could it? Could you? Could you make a a, a movie about Jason Voorhees and the hockey mask just running around killing? Camp counselors, yeah, of course, and I would go see it in a heartbeat. But I just want—I just wonder if—I don't know. I—I I want it to be complete. You know what I mean? I don't want it to feel like it has to cut corners for weird rights issues. Just because he wants to make money to pay pay for it, because that—well, yeah—that was the other thing that um, Larry Zerner, Miller's got some legal fees to pay now. Yeah, Larry yeah. Zerner kind of brought up like, you know, what would be a good way to make money. Uh, to pay for all these legal fees, because I mean, let me see if I can find the. I think I I read about Victor Miller having like almost a million dollars in legal fees, right? Yeah, let me get the uh, exact, which is so crazy. The exact number here, because uh, Larry Zerner like tweeted it out yesterday. And I inevitably, I that's going to be what's going to get him to do it to work yes. together. Is it's going to be a matter of I owe my lawyers an insane amount of money, and you owe your lawyers an insane amount of money. And we need to figure this out so we can make that money back. So here's what he said. Yeah. In awarding the money, the court held that the lawsuit brought against Victor Miller was, quote unquote, objectively unreasonable and was brought to intimidate Miller. Um, Then he says, let's stop the fighting and get a new Friday the 13th being made. And he says, I don't know about you, but if I wasted five years, God, five years, and two two to three million dollars in legal fees on a case that was called objectively unreasonable by the court that would probably not be a good day. And then he would go on to, I believe in a response to somebody else say like, Hey, you know, what's a good way to recoup that money is to make a Friday the 13th movie to pay for those. And Victor Miller does like, I'm not going to sit here and talk about what Victor Miller is, is the, the courts decided Victor Miller was owed what he got. And that's, and, and I'm, I'm not an expert. Yeah. But, Victor Miller, if I had to guess, he doesn't give a shit about owning the rights to Jason. Not he want Victor Miller wants what he he believes is the profits owed to him from a character that he helped create. So at the end of the day, money talks, right? I mean it's true. Like these guys are not gonna these guys are going to put aside their personal differences and their issues. And this five years of BS, because they're never going to have to even talk to each other. No, it's and it's honestly, all litigation. It's are they, all they're not even going to have to do anything really creatively. Honestly. No, <laughs> they're both going to get paid. Yeah, 
Miller will get paid for him signing over. You can make a movie and use this stuff that I created. Cunningham will get paid. Neither one of them is going to be involved creatively in the thing. Let's just be honest. They're not. Because they don't need to be. I, I don't can't think... imagine either one of them having any, like... All that any, much of an interest. Uh, yeah, right. At this point, it's just Friday the 13th. The reason why this lawsuit even started is Friday the 13th is a cash cow, or it should be. Yeah. It should be. Especially in this era of streaming that we are in, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I think at some point they're going to... I think it's in everybody's best interests including us sitting right here on in this basement uh, that they just get together and figure the shit out and let's get a movie made. So let me ask you then. Yeah. Uh, do you think it's okay to tell for the Friday 13th fans, fellow Friday 13th fans out there? Do you think it's okay to get excited now? Or do you, do you think, do you, do you caution not to get too excited because you don't want them to get hurt again? <laughs> I, you know, what has it been 15 years since the last movie? It's crazy. When did when did that come up? Was that? Oh my goodness! It's been a long time. Um, it, this has been the longest gap. It's ever yeah. between Friday the Thirteenth films and for a um, a franchise that is as yes yeah, two thousand nine, so about fourteen year or thirteen years. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, um, keep thinking it's twenty twenty three. I'm fast forwarding, but yeah. Um, I, so yeah, do you think it, are we because are, are I'm just gonna say. I'm cautious, cautious, cautiously excited here. Yeah, no, I'm. I mean, like, I'm excited that there's some sort of like. I'm excited that the stuff is over, that the legal stuff is over. I'm excited that it seems like there's got to be some sort of conversations happening because everybody knows there's money to be made. You look at the money that like the last Scream made, the Halloween movies. I think have done quite well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the whole nostalgia thing is is like. Uh, out look there at, in the ether like and honestly look at the box office everybody was worried about this time of year um because this is kind of they called it like a pandemic pause it was good because all of the movies that were kind of held up in production have been held up mm-hmm. and they were worried about this like end of summer going into the fall as far as at the box office goes. yeah and i don't think it's been great right no but what's buoyed it and what's kind of saved it a little is or our horror movies i mean don't, yeah. i'm looking at it right now don't worry darling is number one i would that's barbarian did okay too right barbarian has been a big six it's almost 30 million right now and Which that has is been huge. mostly i think it's grown in some um well it's word of mouth word of mouth it's been crazy but, which by the way thanks slash film for waiting until like fucking three days after the movie comes out to start posting shit on your in your titles that does it blatantly give things away no but yeah. it stay- gives enough away for me to not be super jazzed about it. So just stay be away responsible, from- please. Uh, but Pearl is in the top ten. Yeah, the the sequel to a movie that came out this year. Crazy. In X. But um, and then the invitation has done pretty well. It's up around twenty three million. So I mean, horror has kind of helped buoy yeah. this what was seen as a worrying period for the box office. I feel so- like horror has always done well in times that feel very scary. The, I mean, if you talk about the Great Depression, I mean, yeah. that's when a lot of those universal, yep. yep. There's a reason for that. Yes. Yep. You want to be safe scared, not real scared, which we all are all the time. Safe scared. And then, <laughs> honestly, from a business perspective, they are, horror movies are cheap to make. Yep. And you will get people in the theater for them. Yep. Because, like we've said, you're not going to get an older audience, but you are going to get a younger audience because younger audiences still like to go out and see horror movies. Yep. yep. Exactly. Yep. So... So we're both we both decided to be Ca- excited. yes cautiously optimistic. I would say that I, I I'm there with you. Um, I'm more on the cautious side. Okay. 
I think we're going to get another Friday the 13th movie. It's going to happen. So I guess I've never faltered in that belief. But I am... I don't know. I I don't know. We'll see. So it has been... So since, this has been going on since what? 2018 is yeah. what they said? Long 2017, time. 2018? Yeah. This lawsuit. So in that time, I mean... When do you, do you remember when the Antasca, do you remember the Antasca script well? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I love it. Okay. Make um, it. Because <laughs> that, when do, do you remember when that kind of floated around? Was that pre, was that like 2014, 2015? That was before the lawsuit, I believe. Um, I want to say it was. I read it. I just, I, I remember bits and pieces of it and mainly like the last what, 20 or 30 pages of that thing? I loved all of it um, because I, I thought the teens felt like actual real people for once, which was kind of interesting. Um, that was something that, like, I actually thought the kids, yes, they were archetypes, of course. They were kind of, um, you know, there was a stoner and a, and a tough guy and all that stuff. But um, I... I thought they did a good job of making you care about the kids, which was interesting, um, which in turn made it a little bit scarier than most of the Friday the 13th movies. I thought the concept of of um, Jason, um, Jason kind of almost being powered by Camp Crystal, but by Crystal Lake was fat. It was 2015, by the way. Okay. <clears throat> I thought the idea of Jason almost being like powered by something, some unseen force in the lake, something that like kept bringing, like every time he'd go back in the lake, he'd come out stronger. Like, yeah. It was so cool. What a cool <laughs> idea. And I thought that the finale was just balls to the wall, exactly what I would hope for from a triumphant return for the franchise. Like you were saying, that third act just felt like, holy shit, this is exactly what I want on the big screen. Yeah. To really like, it doesn't matter what they put on the big screen, I'm going to be celebrating. But, that felt like a real celebration of like, he's back, baby. Like it, it really did feel. I could see it. You know what I mean? A great script, loved it. Yeah, for those who, uh, it's Nick and Nick Antasca. Yes. Um, he was a writer for he wrote. Uh, he was a writer on Hannibal. He was also a writer. He wrote and was showrunner for Channel Zero, which was a horror anthology series that Willie and I both really really liked. Um. He's he's been a, an executive producer on Chucky. He wrote um, Antlers, the movie that came out, um, I think last year, um, and was quite good. So that's his script. You can you can search for it. It's out there, and it's worth a read if you have not read it yet. Definitely worth worth reading. There is also a script by Aaron Guzikowski that was out there. Okay. I don't like that one as much, but it's worth worth checking out. And then we had the LeBron James rumors, which we kind of alluded to earlier. His production company showed an interest in picking up the rights for this and making a new... And then I think... He's, he's, cause it's, okay, so this seems like something... Uh, LeBron seems to be a bit of a horror fan, from what I can tell. Um, he's a horror fan. He likes Jason. I know this. He likes Jason. Yeah. I've seen him. I've seen pictures of him working out, I think, with his daughter with uh, Chucky on in the background. Um, he's. I've seen him on his yacht watching Jason movies, which is, which is how I would like to watch all of them. If I was LeBron, I'd be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> he's a fan but it seems to me like he's a fan who has an insane amount of money because he's yeah. LeBron James and went I want to make a Friday the 13th movie I'm tired of not seeing these Friday the 13th movies in the theaters what are we doing yes and then was like let him know that I'm working on it like like let's get the buzz going and then his people came back and said this is a nightmare you don't want to touch this and he goes 
All right. Fair enough. Because <laughs> this came out around the time he moved to L.A. and he started getting into the, the Hollywood side of things. And yeah, you're right. It seemed like... And I remember there were a lot of people like going, LeBron James, what's he doing? Like he was going to direct the thing. <laughs> yeah, our star is Jason. Yeah, what are we, what are we doing? <laughs> and so, calm down. Calm down. He's he's literally just going to throw money at it. Like, yeah. This is, this is he's good a good thing. He's a, he's a fan with money. Let's go. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> so that, the, I think he took a look. Somebody took a look at... That's kind of what I the think. The legal si- situation said, uh, "We'll hold off here. We'll see the uh, see the lay of land here in a couple a couple of years." Uh, but then we got the um, kind of the influx, the glut of fan films. Never hike alone. Sure. Um, was that the one we reviewed on here? No. What was the one we talked about? The on one here? with uh, CJ Graham. CJ Graham. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember. The I had name fun of with it. that. Yeah. I, yeah. I oh yeah. No. Some of these I, fan films have been a ton of fun. I've watched a couple of them, and they're fun. Yeah. Uh, and it's honestly, it's been, and I watched that movie directed by Debbie Sue Voorhees. That's kind of Friday the Thirteenth inspired Thirteen yep. fanboy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a, it's, it's been cool to see fans keep this franchise alive in that way in the in the interim. It reminds me of um, being a big fan of Mega Man, the video games. Yeah, because those died for a long time. It was just like nothing, and uh, fan made games kept that whole franchise alive. It was kind of amazing. It was really cool to see. Um, and now it's they're making new Make, games. So. Uh, Star Trek is a kind of a good example too. Back <clears> in the <throat> it got canceled. Star Trek got canceled after three seasons. It was nowhere for years, and it got it was kept alive through like conventions and fans just, talking about yeah. it. And then finally, someone, um, I believe at Paramount said, you know what, we could probably make some money making a movie with these people. <laughs> so that's what they did. And then they went on to make like eight movies. That is the opposite of. The guy who yelled at Carpenter about Escape from L.A. That's positive, yes. <laughs> positive fandom, and I love it. It's still out there, it. and I wish people would focus more on it instead yeah. of um, doing things like saying, like, all Star Trek fans are like this, or all Star Wars fans yeah. uh, hate this. Because um, I, go to, I go to certain places. We go to conventions. Um, mm-hmm. I go to... When I go to Disney, I go to the Star Wars park, and it's not like it's not the people that are on there uh, yelling about the bots yelling about Last Jedi. It's people yeah. who genuinely enjoy Star yeah. Star Wars, and they're running around with lightsabers. Yeah. So I wish people would focus. Oh, they're also spending. They're also giving a corporation a ton of money. But <laughs> but you know what I mean. I there is a cynical yeah. side of me too mm-hmm. that has to point that out. Yeah. But I wish we would focus because a lot of these people that are online that are bitching about things. Um, and doing nothing but complaining are actually fans. They're just trolls, and that's how they should be treated. Anyway, um, what do you want to see then? From like, so let's say they work it out. Let's say Miller and Cunningham work it out. They say we're and we are going to get. We're not going to get a compromised version of Jason or Friday sure. the Thirteenth. Yeah, yeah. We have we have right. The, we have the access to all of the stuff. What would you like to see? Would you like to see a fresh start? Would you like to see a legacy sequel of some sort? What are you thinking for Friday the 13th? It's so it's weird because like Friday the 13th is my, is my favorite like movie franchise ever. Um period. Horror or not. And I find it strange because like you would think because it's so close to my heart that I would have some sort of idea for what I want from its inevitable return. And I don't. Uh, everything you listed there, I am a-okay with. That's the beauty of the, the franchise is just do it. I, like, I, I'm going. Like, like I'm not going to... I might not even like it, but, like, I'm going to go. Um, the tough thing is 
if if you go with the Lego sequel route, like where do you branch off from? That's what, that's kind of what like, like what I'm asking is like, do you want to see them go the like the Jamie or um, Jamie Lee Curtis the Laurie Strode like Halloween 2018 route? Who's or, your who's your character though? Like <laughs> Feldman. Well, I guess. No, not really. I guess it wouldn't be necessarily be Tom Matthews. Tom Matthews. They've kind of done that with the fan films. So, right. you know, I think you just start it over. Um, honestly, that's probably the cleanest way to do it. Just make a new, give me a movie where Jason kills people in fun, interesting ways and give it a Stranger Things vibe. In terms of capturing, make it a period piece, make it set in the 80s, and give me an 80s that feels pretty genuine. Okay, so you want you said you want a period piece. Yeah, I want an 80s movie. Okay. I want to keep it set in the 80s. I don't want I don't want the teen characters tweeting and Interesting. having okay. cell phones and stuff. I would go straight up, make it a movie set in the 80s. Have fun with it. Why not? Why not? Uh, an 80s set with an 80s soundtrack Friday the 13th movie and part of the fun with, uh, yeah with period pieces too is you can still have you can you can make that stuff feel modern too yes. with the kids in it they don't necessarily have to yeah act it's, it. well we see it in, I think Stranger Things is probably a good example of that Stranger Things the kids feel like modern kids and that's what me. I meant yeah. is like you can make characters exist within a setting that's outside of our current time but also make them feel relatable and make them feel current without taking away from that period you set the, the story in. That's what I meant by Stranger Things, by the vibe. Okay. Um, is Stranger Things Stranger Things feels genuinely like like the like the characters live in the eighties. It feels like I, I, I feel like they do. But but nothing about it feels dated or or um None of it feels pandery to me. Like none of it feels so, like it's like look, it's the eighties. Look, there's none of that. It just feels naturally. You know what I mean? So there's, now, now that you've been talking about this, because in my head, I've always wanted. I've just said, make a movie about teenagers today going to a supper camp and sure. getting killed, and um, because I, I think every generation should have this. But when you say this, I find a lot of movies, shows written about teenagers by people in their 30s and 40s uh-huh. to be a little you have to find but if you're right, writing teenagers when, when they were teenagers, teenagers yeah. I think it can work I that's so I I'm I'm kind of with you there and I, I think we have I think Scream has done a good job of kids so we've got that market cornered right now sure yeah, 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 with, yeah, yeah with our franchise yeah. focus, focusing on the kids yeah. today I still, I still think you can do it I think you have to find the right but this is this is a weird thing and I'm going to in a bit, I'm going to list off some directors and yeah. some creative people that I would I want you to give it up or down to. But I, you don't want it to be you don't want it to be like Scream Friday the Thirteenth. You don't want it. To be, I, it shouldn't be. I don't want it to be self-referential. No. I don't want it to. I don't want it to be snarky. I don't want it to be cor- like no. constantly funny. You know, I want to be like, kind of mean. Kind of mean. Yes, but <laughs> also be, pretty funny. Yeah. Um. I want it to be a party movie. Yes, yeah. I absolutely. I want it to be a celebration. And and like I think that. The beauty of setting it in the 80s is I think you could be kind of nebulous about its place in the in the canon. Like it's okay. like I'm I'm not uncomfortable with them like with Jason having been a thing that it has existed and like yeah. 
maybe these kids are like not buying into it. Like, yeah, that was a few years back. Like, that's well, and that's kind of that's what I had in my head for setting it in today. Is you can almost, but that might be too self-referential. You could be like, this guy's been around for. 20 years now yeah he's like, like 100 he's like, yeah, <laughs> what yeah. are we talking about and then yeah. jason so in my version yeah jason exists he just hasn't been around for a while and i people- think you could almost just do a fun thing where it takes place in the 80s and you have somebody mention like yeah but they but the the body went missing and it could literally be a sequel to like any of those movies like it could take place anywhere in that because like at the end of the every one of those movies his body goes missing pretty much like right he disappears, you know. So yeah. So you don't want any sort of multiverse. I don't think we need any of that. <laughs> we could. But. So okay. So I think we both we don't want to see any sort of like legacy sequel with like a, like a Tommy Jarvis legacy sequels. I kind of don't. I don't either. Um, Feldman. I said Feldman because he's thrown that idea yeah. around in the past. I think when H two O came out, he was throwing. I that love idea. Feldman. But. I do too. Um, but that leads me to my next question. Do you want to see? Are there any returning characters, or are there any returning cast? Maybe you want to see show up in a cameo. Who do? You, is there anybody you want to see play Jason, in particular? The guy, uh, Roy, that Roy Moore threw out I, in that article I was reading. He threw out the person who played um, Predator and Prey has always wanted to play Jason. He said. Oh yeah. Oh, so, right. Um. Do you want to see Kane back? Do you want to see C.J. Graham back? What? The only if you're gonna bring back a guy who did Jason, bring back Derek Mears. Um. Because I think he's like really, really good, like really good, and he. But he was in a movie that unfortunately was not received great. I love it. I think it's the remake we're talking about. Yes, I think think he is a terrific Jason. He's a fantastic Jason, and I wish he would have had more movies to show. Yeah, (laughs) and he's like super passionate about that character. Bring back mirrors. The guy's a tank too. Like he could do it still. I think. I don't think there's any issue there. Um, if you're gonna bring back back somebody, right? If not, um, what about cameos? Like, what about quick little, like? Yeah, I mean, Kane, Kane seems like an obvious choice. I would like, to, honestly, I would like to see Kane kind of wandering in the back. Kane would somewhere. be cool. Um, you yes. know, some of the ca- some of the people I would like aren't aren't around, aren't aren't with us anymore, so that's tough. Um, I would like to see uh, Feldman playing uh, Ralph, the crazy Ralph. Like, <laughs> like say, don't go there. Feldman could be cool. I um, honestly. <laughs> Kane would be cool. Uh, Feldman might be distracting, though. You might be. That, right. That's yeah. kind of yeah. yeah, yeah right. I, I Kane would be distracting one. to me. Um, Kane would be cool. I mean, uh, do you want to throw Ari Lehman in there? Oh yeah, that would be fun. You could have a fun Ari. But Lehman. the most I kind of I don't want to see like speaking lines. I kind of want to see like them wandering the background, uh, wandering in the background, so I can point out and say, "Oh, there's Kane Hodder. He's a security guard or whatever." No, I don't want to be wink, winked, nudge, nudged. Right. I just want it to be a thing that's there. Right. You don't want to see Kane Hodder be the Stanley. <laughs> hey. No, I don't need that. I absolutely do. <laughs> it could be sweet. Um, the Stanley of the Jason universe. No, Kane would be the obvious choice. Tom Matthews? Choice. Yeah. Yeah. Kane would be the obvious choice. Yeah. That. That's the one person where I go, you got to get the guy. Uh, but what as a- far as returning, Derek Mears would be, would be a... For Jason? Yeah, because he was so good. And he didn't really, like... Like you said, he should have had a couple more movies to really show people how good he was. So, and as far as the cast goes, I no matter where it's set, I just want a bunch of unknown. Give me young kids. people that I don't know or care about. Maybe one of them will end up being a star, like Kevin Bacon was. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, but I'm, I don't want to know any of them. No, and guess what? Be, uh, with how old I am, it's not going to be that big of a problem. 
I'm if, probably not going to know any of these. Exactly. People. Yeah. If you want to cast somebody as like the sheriff, like yeah. somebody who's like more of a known factor, like because I, I think you might have to in some way sure. to get people in the theater, maybe. Well, so well, like I'm just throwing out there, Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Um, you want him to be in this? Well, yeah. Oh, wasn't he like a? Didn't he say something about Friday the Thirteenth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He um the reason why he pursued acting was because his dream has always been to play Jason. Here we go. Okay. Give it to Hugh. He would do it. <laughs> I really think he would. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a fun. I don't. I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. There's a fun bit of a reporter, some sort of like you know, TMZ or type person, going, "Hey Hugh, you know, like, still want to play Jason?" And he goes, "You've done your homework." <laughs> so I like that. What about um Hugh Jackman as Jason? What about Jason's mom or Elias? Elias. Um, you want to see those characters? Elias Four, he's Jason's father. This is tough because there's always been there's always been a part of me that has wanted to just like if we're gonna reboot, let's just make it like we've never really truly done attempted a remake of Friday the thirteenth. And by by remake I mean kind of just like its own thing, but like the Mrs. Voorhees being the killer, no Jason. I don't think you can do that at this point. I think the anticipation and the wait and the excitement has been so long and it's gone on for so long that like you can't Jason's re-debut the uh, Friday the 13th re-debut on the big screen has to be Jason in the hockey mask you can't uh, yeah but but so you would go straight you would go straight to the hockey mask straight to yeah you, you wouldn't go to Sackhead <clears throat> nope okay I think it's, he's already a legend that's been established and how did the reboot it. do it he, he starts in the sack head and then he yes. finds the hockey. And the, the mother stuff is the opening credits, which is very succinct and very like yeah. great job. Yeah. If you want to do that again, the mother opening credits, you can. I don't think it's necessary. You could. I don't think you need to do it. Um, I think you could do that in a line of dialogue. Yes. Yeah. But I but I will say this. Uh, studios love, 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 love um, content right now. Right. Everybody's got a streaming service, right? Everybody's got something going on. Why would Friday the Thirteenth be any different? So, okay, I don't know who actually, what production company actually like would produce this thing. Let's just, I'm just gonna say HBO Max. Let's HBO Max or Paramount Plus would be who, okay. Those would be the two that I would think would scoop this up. I guess okay. Blumhouse is always floating out there. Let's just say HBO Max just for yeah. shits and giggles because they have the New Line connection, I believe. Right. So they okay. So there's a theatrical Friday Thirteenth movie. It takes place in the '80s, like I want. It's Jason in the hockey mask. It's back to basics. We're getting crazy and having fun. It's a celebration of a film. It does gangbusters because I really think a new Friday Thirteenth is going to do very well. You know, somebody at H at, at whatever company Warner is going to say, "We need, we need, we need something for HBO Max." Right. I mean, the streaming series. That's where you do Mrs. Voorhees and Elias. And you do like a like a mini series, like a, like an eight episode. This is the story of something similar to like a Bates Motel, yes. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's where you do that. Okay. And then you build up to make it a limited series where you build up to her starting working at the the camp. Okay. Or what? However you want to do it. I like that. That's cool. Yeah. I think that'd be neat. I'd watch it. I'm, yeah, I would watch it. I like. You that. could you could draw from some of the comic books and things. And, yeah. 
It'd be cool. Yeah, that's mainly where, yeah. And it seems honestly like something they would probably think about doing. Somebody, somebody somewhere will say that. Yeah. If they haven't already. So. Oh, it's definitely something that someone would pitch and then it would be an idea they kick around. Whether or not they would make it is something. Totally different. Because I, I assume what happens now is someone comes in, they probably have ideas for these movies, and then someone comes in with, and they have they bring in a bunch of people. And they how can say, we branch out of this yeah, movie? How many how many streaming shows can we do here? What else yep. can we do here? Hundred percent. Yeah, that's that's part of the deal now. So, so okay, I think that's it. I'm going to ask you now. I'm going mm. to list off potential. I've got directors here. Okay, now I'm going to lift up, list these off. I'm going to start with some bigger names because I've seen these floated around, and okay. some of them have said in the past that Friday the Thirteenth is one of their dream projects. I, yeah. Sure. So these are kind of these are pie in the sky names I'm going to start with, and then we're going right. to get into what I think are a little bit more realistic names. Okay. Um, and then we'll get into uh, probably just that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so maybe yeah, unrealistic, sure. but smaller filmmakers. First one is Ty West, who I believe has talked about doing a Friday the Thirteenth movie in the past. I'm not 100 percent sure on that, but Ty West, of course, House of the Devil X has been a big hit. Pearl is in theaters now and a hit. What do you think of Ty West doing a new Friday the Thirteenth movie? No, I'm good. Um, I love Ty West. I really do. I think he's really like I I I need to see X. I don't know how I haven't seen it yet, but I really like his work. Um, I I like him as a person. His interviews I've always really enjoyed. Um, I just I don't. He is not what I would want from a Friday the Thirteenth movie. From from this Friday the Thirteenth movie. From the, the return to the franchise. If he was to, I, I see, it, it just it's not the vibe I'm going for. It's not. It's, it's kind I of, feel he'd be, he he would. I, I'm sure do a great job, but like, I feel like he would be trying to make something a little more grounded and a little more dark and a little more back to scary. And I'm not saying it can't be those things, but I also kind of want it to be a blast and fun because none of these legacy sequels, these revivals have been able to do that yet for good reason. I don't think Halloween needed to be that. I sh- Halloween's not the franchise that should be some sort of like big celebration movie, nor should Scream have been. Well, Scream kind of was in a way. Yeah. In a way. But Friday's your chance to like make a party movie and just have a great time with it. And and I don't think Ty is the guy for that. This is another one. I'm I'm with you of the some of of some of what I'm going to name, Ty West isn't near the top of kind of my dream. I think, I think he'd kill it. Maybe but. seeing some, of, maybe it's because I've seen X and seeing some of what he's done in there, and also when you talk about a period piece, I think he could fit that sure. as well because he's done that in the past. Yeah. Um, this one though, he said that this is his dream project. It's kind of interesting. Uh, Mike Flanagan, of course, who did Doctor Sleep. Uh, I, Midnight Mass. I mean, I'm gonna once again. I'm gonna say no for me, but like, just like with Ty West, like I would watch the shit out of it, right? Because like Flanagan's would be like this crazy like character study of like <laughs> he would have to do a streaming show because he'd branch out and he he'd be doing flashbacks to Elias and Jason. Bob. He would he would love the Mrs. Voorhees stuff. Yes, give him the show that I just accidentally pitched. Right. <laughs> That's Flanagan. He would probably he would probably really love that uh, if you took that uh, Antarctica idea of the lake fueling Jason. Oh my he would god! Probably, he would probably be doing like flashbacks to. He other, would love it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love Mike Flanagan, but uh, not who I would want for. I think I'm. 
So part of the issue here with Friday the 13th is, and I don't want to insult anybody who I think is a good pick for Friday the 13th, yeah. but there are directors who have too strong of a voice for a Friday the 13th movie. I kind of like my Friday the 13th movies to be more workmanlike. Um, your Steve Miner, for example. Yeah. Someone who well, is... Unless it's like Taika. Like if Taika Waititi is going to direct Friday... Like, like... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sign you up. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> So, Let's do it. I just think because Tarantino was kicked around. He kicked around. Was it this or Halloween? I can't remember. Maybe both. Halloween. I think at I different think points. Uh, well, well, Tarantino wrote a wrote a treatment for, or at least a treatment for Halloween Six. That's right. Yeah. If not a full script, I think it's just a treatment. But um, yeah, he was involved in that. But I think he's been he's been in the mix at some point. But that's not where anymore. I'm. At, that's where I'm at with Flanagan. Is I don't want to see like a two and a half hour. Friday Thirteenth movie. That's Flanagan's like, like, he, like he, he's. I love my. He's Flanagan. like an artist director. Yeah, like, like, I, he's, he's not. I don't think he meshes well with what I want from a Friday. I'm with. I'm with you here. I just feel like it's not the best use of his. It's just not. And that's kind of where I'm at with Ty West too. Is it? It feels it a little bit like. I don't agree with some of the people that go. Oh, they're just going to use. He's just going to go make a Marvel movie or whatever. Some of these directors. Yeah. Um. It's like they say. I don't think it's like a waste of these people's talent. No. But I do think like with Mike Flanagan, I think his strengths are suited better for some of his own stuff. And I just yeah, I don't. I to me, I some of the yeah. I I feel like either one of those guys is going to go a direction that's not what I'm hoping for from a a a return. But I would welcome either one for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm going to welcome anybody. Um, Adam Wingard or Simon Barrett? I'm not super familiar with Simon Barrett. Yeah, I put them together um, because they they've worked they, together yes, in the past. On like yep. your next yep. the guest. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Wingard, hundred percent, totally down. I I have zero reservations about that whatsoever. Okay. Wingard's a riot. Like yes, like that. Like he. He would kill it. The problem is he's going to be tied up for a little bit, I believe. He's so making we need 40 to, Godzilla we cr- things. We need to crank this bad boy out. <laughs> but Godzilla vs. Kong was a shit ton of fun. Yes. Like, I think Wingard's a good choice. Yes. I, I think, think he's, he's phenomenal. Uh, I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, but Wingard would kill it. Like, I, I, I think that guy is super talented. Um, I've enjoyed everything I've seen from, from Wingard. Yeah. Last big name here. Yeah. James Wan. No. Okay. I like one, but no. I'm Not even him, remotely what I want from... I'm putting him second behind Wingard, and here's my reasoning. I think James Wan, more than, say, like a Mike Flanagan, may be a little bit more adaptable. I yes, think he, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I think he could I think he could change his... He's shown that he can change his style. He'd be able to have fun with it, where I yes. think Flanagan... Not that... Flanagan stuff. Flanagan and and Ty West are are not fun directors, in my opinion. Like they're not. I think I don't have fun watching this t- right. <laughs> the stuff that they they put out. Like I love it. Um, I but I think their their style is always present in their movies, whereas Juan can sometimes disappear into he, the movie. He can be a bit of a chameleon, like Aquaman, or even Fast Seven. Right. I don't look at those and go, "Oh, it's a James Wan film." Right. I just don't say, like that's not, um, but I look at, you know, everything he did before that, uh, and some stuff he's, he's done since and like that one is a certain vibe. He would be my second as well, but he's still, for me, it's, it's no, it, it's just not, not what I want. All right. Um, yeah. 
So we're gonna go into some uh, Wingard. Yeah, that that's a winner. May, yeah. So here's some here are some maybe lesser known okay. um, directors, and we haven't. I hope oh, I know him. We haven't talked about you. You know this one. Um, we haven't, or at least you know the film she made. We haven't talked about a woman. Yeah, we've never had a Friday the Thirteenth movie directed. Hundred percent down. Totally female. down. Uh, Lee Janiak, who did the Fear Street movies. Oh, hundred percent down. Totally. Yep. I think. Yeah. I kind right. of. I like this. I kind of want to see it. The only. The only reason is just because of the. The only reason I would want to see this is because like, I know how the culture is on the internet right now, uh, and yeah. you're going to get a lot of people on the internet. It's woke. Here comes. <laughs> it's woke. Calling calling a Friday the Thirteenth movie woke would be the fucking funniest thing. It's going to happen. It's go, if if a if. But that's what I mean. If they put a female director on this, you're going to get it, and then that poor person is going to have to deal with that. Um. Oh, so hopefully yeah, they wouldn't be embarrassing. Um. But I like. I kind of like that idea. Lee Janiak. Down with this. Um, if you do my 80s set thing, I I hope it's not too like close to what Fear Street. Know, she's done before. Right. But Fear Street's its own beast. So, no, I'm I'm down 100%. And I think a female voice in the franchise is it's welcome to me. I'm I'm cool with it. Yeah, I like that uh Johan Roberts who did The Strangers Pray at Night. And yeah, down down. Okay. Uh, that's a that's a workman. That's a workman director. It's somebody who who I, I think I think Johan does have a vision. I think there's a style there for sure. I think you see it shine in some of the movies. Like I think you see it shine in Pray at Night. I do think you see moments of it shine in 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 Welcome to Raccoon City. Actually, um, oh yeah, there's a couple Ra- moments in that movie that are pretty. They that feel like a like a, like he's got. I like that movie, by the way. I, almost I do too. <laughs> I do too. I think people are too. I think so, it's yeah. kind of sweet. Yeah, um, that sequence, that that gunfire sequence, when the the gunfire is the only thing lighting, the only source of light. Yes, That's sweet. The only um, thing with him is kind of like with um, it was Marcus Marcus Nispel Nispel, right? Who did the uh, the remake? <sighs> I like the remake. It's a little bit too sleek. There's, there's a, a little sheen. Bit, there's a sheen to it. Yeah. It would feel a little bit more like that, which is fine. I but kind of I do want think something. Pray at Night has a certain, without being overtly like, we want this movie to feel like a certain decade. Pray at Night feels like a like a, a movie from a different decade, doesn't it? Yeah. So I think he might be able to. If they did the period, it's a piece. slick movie, but I think he could still make it feel like it's not overly slick. You know, like it's got some something of a throwback. Even if he was directing a Friday the 13th movie that took place in, in modern times, I think he could give it a vibe and a feel that makes it feel period without being period. So um, I, I, I'm down with that. That might be my favorite choice. Okay. Uh, Christopher Landon, who did Happy Death Day to You, Happy Death Day, and Freaky. No. I feel like... Too cheeky they, for me. For Friday the 13th. If Friday. they were to... He would be a good choice for like Scream. Oh, honestly, excellent. you know what? Phenomenal. I think I could see him doing Friday the 13th is a bad fit for him, but there are other franchises. Um, I think Scream would be good. And I think um, maybe even a nightmare movie. He'd crush it with Child's Play. Right. Um, I think like if you were to and we talked about this recently, if I remember, remember correctly, like if you revive something like The Faculty or uh, Disturbing Behavior, Urban Legend, yeah. he would absolutely knock it out of the park. Friday the Thirteenth, not, not. I don't think so. No. Uh, is it Damien Leone, the guy who did the Terrifier? <laughs> it'd be brutal. Um, that's kind of why I have him on here. It'd be sweet. 
because Kills. I think, oh, you know what? Another one, I'm kind of leaning. So I like Johanna Roberts. Like I said, I'm kind of yeah. leaning lead Janiac because I remember the bread slicer kill. In Fear it's Strange. insane. <laughs> and if we can get more of that from her. Holy smokes. But that would be my, that would be my argument for Leon is, um, the kills are, the in, kills in, are important in a Friday the 13th movie. Yes. But here's the thing people miss. I feel like with Friday the 13th, I feel like it gets misinterpreted sometimes. And here's here's what I mean. Even in a movie like Adam Green's ha- like the Hatchet films, phenomenal kills in the Hatchet films. Certainly, Hatchet is an ode to Friday the Thirteenth, right? I mean, Kane Hodder's playing the killer. We didn't even mention Adam Green or Joe Lynch, right? Yeah, who would both be fine choices? I think good, yeah. But the thing that I think people miss with the Friday the Thirteenth kills is that yes, they are gory, nasty, brutal. Uh, over the top sometimes, but they're quick. There's a sudden. I can't snap it. I, I, do you know? I don't know how to snap my fingers. No, I didn't know that. I don't. I can't <laughs> do it. I I just pretended to, but I I don't know how. There's a suddenness, and uh, the kills in Friday the Thirteenth franchise are an exclamation point at the end of the sentence. The kills in movies like Hatchet, which is still way over the top and silly, but still in Hatchet. Or in um, Terrifier. Terrifier. Yeah. They're they're not an exclamation point. They go on. They're the whatever the whatever you call those three dots. Yeah, an ellipsis, right? An ellipsis. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> English minor over here doesn't know what an ellipsis is. Uh, I do know what it is. Didn't know the name. Um, they continue, and the, there's a certain element of lingering on the kill. That takes it from like a sudden shock excitement factor. Oh shit! To a now I'm feeling uncomfortable because this is still happening. That's why. Do I think he could handle the brute? Like he could do some cool creative kills, hundred percent. But that's the difference between Damien Leone and the bread slicer on Fear Street. That that vibe between the kills and, and Terrifier and the bread slicer are. One of them feels sudden and like the, yes it's gnarly but there's a certain like oh shit like there's an excitement to it almost and the other one feels kind of like icky does that make sense yes it's rare that friday the 13th kills feel icky jason goes to hell is one that i can think of that feels a little that's icky. the i think that's the ickiest of the movies right? right yes yeah i would say so and we didn't i didn't it popped i didn't have adam green and joe lynch on here but i do want to talk about them just real quick for a second I solid think, candidates. Solid candidates. Either I one. I think there's a danger, though, because they're both obvious fans. And I think sometimes there's a danger when you have, when you maybe have fans of a property. I kind of don't hate having someone that's going to come in not being a huge fan of a franchise or a character. or And this, could, this is um, applicable to superhero character, any sort of, like someone with a more critical eye towards this thing that's not just going to like fanboy out the entire time. So yeah, that would be my worry with them, but also they could probably make it. But I'm just not sure if that's what I, I'm not sure where they're at in their careers if that's what I, if this is a movie I would want from them. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I think it's almost like a step back. Right. For either one of those guys at this point. I think they've got, like I think there was a time when either one could be like the perfect choice i think at this point i don't think i want to see either one of those guys do this yeah it just doesn't it feels almost um i guess a step back for them 
Uh, just a couple more here. Scott Beck and Brian Woods, who did Haunt, I have on here. You remember? The- Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I kind of if I'm down. Haunt is kind of like a haunted house style. What a sweet movie! Yeah, Haunt is really. Uh, I just also just brought that up because we love Haunt. It rules. <laughs> yes. It rules. Um, but I think they, I think they, uh, they handle tension well. I think they could. I think they could do something like this. Yeah, Agreed. there were a couple of these. I don't know if you've seen the Ranger, the Wrong Turn remake, or Hellfest. None. Okay, I have Jennifer Wexler who did the Ranger. It's kind of like a. It's on Shutter. It's kind of like a punk rock slasher movie. It's fun. She could be a candidate too, especially if we were going to go a route of a female director. Mike P. Nelson did the Wrong Turn remake, um, and Gregory Gregory Plotkin did Hellfest. Hellfest is kind of a a fun, kind of fun slasher yeah. that I think could work. The last one I want to ask you is, what do you think about uh, maybe one of the fan film directors, like the Never Hike Alone guy? I mean, look, it's you might suffer from the same issue that you do with like an Adam Green or a Joe Lynch in a way. Um. There's a certain element of, like, it's a fan. That's a fan. Like, this person is a big enough fan of Friday the 13th to, like, crowdfund a, a, a movie. Which is great. And it's awesome. And there's a place for that. And there's it, it, it's not a lack of talent by any stretch of the imagination. Like, I couldn't make Never Hike Alone. I'm not going to pretend I could. But you almost wonder if maybe... If I'm going for, once again, kind of that triumphant return for this franchise, I don't know if that's the way I want to go. Right. I, I want to go with somebody who maybe has a little bit of bigger budget theatrical clout. Um, I would like to see like those. Because um, the ones we watched, uh, Vengeance was the one we talked about, and Never Hike Alone, which I've seen. Yes, Vengeance, yes. Thank I think you. those guys did a great job. I would like them to do something outside of a Friday the 13th movie, maybe something on their own. I think that would be cool. So, uh, yeah. I, like, I branch mean, out a little bit. I um, think it's super cool. Um, I, I love that those exist. But I, um, I just wonder if that is the right choice for a bigger budget theatrical... Right. Like, I don't know. I just... I, I feel shitty saying that because I think they're really cool, but I don't know. For me, Wingard's a great choice if you're going to go with some of the guys that are a little bit, you know, the upper echelon, so to speak. Um, but I think I think there's a few really cool choices on there that you could you could go with for sure, no question. Excellent. So, yeah. All right. So I was kind of uh, kind of figured we'd go long on this one, but I really enjoyed that. And yeah, no, it's it a stuff. ton of fun. Yeah, um, we, yeah. <laughs> we've always threatened. It's Friday the Thirteenth. So. We have always threatened if this movie goes into production, this is going like every week. It's every, the Friday the Thirteenth. We're going to at least cover some bit I of know. news. And and if anybody's afraid of spoilers, um, when this when this movie happens, because it's going to happen, uh, you just skip those segments because we are going. Willie and I are going to follow this thing. Uh, yeah, we're going to know every kill by the time. <laughs> Yeah, because we can't handle ourselves. No, I have um, not when it comes to this. It's like I've I mentioned I was out of town for the last week, and I st- kind of stayed away from. I was kind of out of the loop for a little bit, and that's when the uh, Halloween trailer dropped. And I haven't watched it. Yet. I haven't watched that or the Hellraiser trailer because now I'm just like, you know what? It's a week or two away. Yeah, like I'm not gonna bother with it. So we're gonna we're gonna cut this one short. We talk. We we're gonna do a. Of, we're going to talk about some video games here and the Tiny Terror, I think, a little bit. We'll talk a little about that. But, Willie, I want to talk to you. I forgot to talk to you before yes. the show. Next week, we've got a couple movies coming out or a couple of things that we wanted to watch. I think. Yes, that's true. 
Werewolf by Night. Which I am so... Have you seen the buzz? Uh, apparently, this is very good. It, apparently, it What rules. did I see? It's so, it's so good, the guy from Blade decided to quit today because he could not live up to. <laughs> yeah, that's not great. Um, <laughs> did you see the, what I said in the Discord? It's time to bring back Norrington. Get him out of retirement. I know, right? <laughs> did you, They'll uh, find somebody. Uh, Norrington, uh, Stephen Dorff in 2018 said, Norrington is working on like a project with like miniatures that will be done in like a decade. Sick. <laughs> He's just in his house doing it. That rules. Uh, I'll hey, I'll check it out. Yeah. Um yeah, they'll find somebody. It's fine. It, they'll be okay. Um I'm not saying it'll be great, but they'll find somebody. Yeah, we've wanted to talk about Werewolf by Night for a while. Hell yeah. Apparently no, it's I'm really good. Pumped. Like the the reviews are great. Um uh, a nice brisk fifty seven minutes, I think it is is what it's at. Apparently Man Thing steals the fucking show. Okay. Which is awesome. Um, the werewolf is practical, which is awesome. Do you think this is going to get, do you think now Giacchino will jump on Blade? I think there's a chance. Uh-huh. If it's as good as people are saying it is, yeah, why maybe not? Maybe we should, yeah, talk, this is something next week we can make. I'd be down. Yeah. I'd be down. So, okay. I'm so excited to see it. So Then Hellraiser on Hulu, I think we we're both interested in. Uh, yeah. Do you want to double, do you want to double feature it? What do you want to do? Because then we have... Halloween ends, and we have to talk about it. We have to. Yeah. So, yeah, let's talk about, about Hellraiser and Werewolf, Werewolf by Night. We both have the streaming services that they're on. Yes. Uh, Disney Plus and Hulu. And, uh, you have let, Peacock, correct, as well? I have access to Peacock. Okay. Yes, which uh, ends will be on. Yes. So I'll be able to make that happen. Yes. Do I have it? I've got it. So Heavens I, no. I've got a feeling... We're gonna. We might go a little longer, but we're gonna have to block out some time for ends. Is what I'm thinking. We're gonna have to devote a whole episode to ends because it's ends. Yes. <laughs> and if the things I've read about ends are true, which we're gonna have a lot to talk they about. <laughs> we're gonna have a lot to discuss. This could either be the raddest thing ever, or one of the things that I might. You might hear me find like negatively go what are we doing so i'm excited yeah i didn't think i was gonna be that excited for ends like like kills is a ton of fun right it's not a good movie but it's a ton of fun but i like with ends i was like eh whatever let's just let's do it like let's move on now i'm kind of like this is sweet (laughs) like let's go i can't wait okay so that's the plan for next month um and then yeah yeah so cool so it'll be a little bit like like we used to do um, on the old bed on this a month ago <laughs> before we just started talking yes, about whatever back the hell in the we distant w- past whatever the hell we wanted to talk about right. which is Friday the thirteenth for an hour <laughs> that's how we roll excellent all right so we will see you next time hey stay safe out there everybody especially if you are li- listening um, to us in one of the uh, the southern states right now because I know it's yes yeah, please so please this stay is... safe everybody and uh, take care we'll see you next time. <laughs>